Five games. Five games. Five losses. What does Yanni Gord have to say about it? Yes. Yes. <clears throat> That and more coming up on this episode of Locked on Kraken. You are Locked on Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Hey, hey, what do you say, Seattle Kraken fans? Erica Lindsay Ayala coming to you with another episode of Locked on Kraken. As always, we thank you for making Locked on Kraken one of your first listens of the day. We are available on YouTube. We are available anywhere you listen to podcasts. And make sure you stick around because speaking of YouTube, we had a lively chat over on the YouTube channel. If you're not already subscribed, make sure you subscribe to Locked on Kraken on YouTube and hit the notification bell because then you'll know when I upload a video and then you can get in on the chat as well. But I joked around. I have no idea why Yanni Gord pulled the mic away from him. It was just like, ah. I can't do this. It's too much. I feel that way a lot, Yanni. But yeah, the Seattle Kraken, I talked about it. They have some forwards that are on pace to best their most productive season points-wise. And they've had to do that. And the fact that they're still losing while getting such productivity is just painful. That leads me to believe, again, that this is a defensive issue. We'll hear from Dave Haxtell. He talks about that a little bit. Um, so I cut that clip of Yanni. I, that was so – I just thought it was funny. I, he literally took the mic, moved it out of the way, and then continued to talk to the media, and you could barely hear him, so I can't play that clip. But let's hear more from Yanni, and uh, I think I have Jared on here as well, and probably a little bit of Dave Haxtell. Uh, you know, I'm frustrated. I'm, I want to. I want to win. I think everybody does on our team. And um, you know, things aren't uh, are going our way right now. But you know, it's kind of we're shooting ourselves in the foot. That's just the way it is. Well, that's you know, this team is resilient, right? And and as I said to start with, uh, I love the resiliency in the second and third. So we we've got to add you know that uh, that push to the drop of the puck in the first period, uh, and. Uh, you know, like I said, you know, you're asking about the six on five. Guys know their jobs. They're confident in doing their jobs. And like I said, you know, no, no doubt in anybody's mind that, uh, you know, once we got it to, to one uh, with the amount of time that we had left, did a good job getting a, a face off immediately back in the offensive zone. And um, guys go out there with confidence and, and work to make the plays. It was like a little slither of Yanni Gord because, again, you couldn't hear him. And then it was Jared McCann talked about, um, you know, talking about a start, Dave Haxtell talking about a good start. Dave Haxtell then talked, he was asked yesterday. So after the game, he was asked about a six on five. He was also asked today about six on five. And if that's something that he practices, we'll get into that a little bit later. But you heard him say that the team, they had all the confidence when they got the game within one. So they lost four to two. Unfortunately, it's becoming a little bit of a, a trend and something we can um, – I don't know, commiserate together that the Seattle Kraken will pull their goalie and they will give up at least, at least 
one empty net goal, and that was the situation here. That's how the Chicago Blackhawks got the score to four. It was an empty net goal. I talked about it on the on the Locked On Now on social media. Um, I'm not going to play it for you here, but check out social media at Locked On Kraken anywhere you find us. And um, you can see that I talked about Jordan Eberle comes into the offensive zone, and he's along the boards. You see him along the boards, and I've. Uh, ooh, ooh, we're gonna talk about TNT too. I'm gonna. We'll do that in the next segment. But I don't remember if it was the TNT broadcast or one of the local broadcasts. But I'm looking at the clip, and you hear the analyst talk about, yeah, like Jordan Eberle coming along the boards, and then he essentially, like I, I use the term, fluttered the puck, a centering pass. But there was no Seattle. There was no Seattle Kraken player there. It was just a, a botched. I don't know what you heard the analyst. And again, I forget. And this is on me, but I forget if it was the local broadcast or TNT. But you heard the analyst say, like, Everly's got to slow it down a little bit there. If there's no one in the zone with him, then he's got to wait. It's it was what twenty three or so seconds left in the game. They're within one goal. They pull Grubauer for the advantage, and then you cough up the puck. A centering pass goes right to the stick of the Chicago defense. With one pass, it's a bang, a shot down the ice, and now it's a four to two game. Bad decision making. That was not great. I love Jordan Everly. I love Jordan Everly. Didn't love that play. Did not love that play. So overall, here's how the scoring went. I'm going to give this to you real quick. Um, it was a 4-2 game. The Seattle Kraken oh, did not even score until the third period. But it was Seth Jones, a really nice tic-tac-toe pass by the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, tic-tac-toe pass, pass, excuse me, Seth Jones get his, gets his second goal of the season in the first period at the 15-03 mark. Then it's Debrinket is the lone goal scorer in the second period. That's his second. Um, and, or excuse me, that in the second period, two minutes into the second period, that's his ninth goal. That's two nothing Chicago. That's how we would stay through the second in the third period at the 536 mark. It's none other than Patrick Kane. McCann, we heard from him. He got the first Seattle Kraken goal at 14-15, so we evade the shutout. We still don't have our first shutout or have not been shut out for, for uh, at all. It was a power play goal, too. Yes, let's go, Jared McCann. Schwartz and Geeky got the assists there. Yanni Gord got into a fight, also got a goal, his fourth of the season. Jared McCann, his sixth, just FYI. Uh, assisted by Dunn and Everly. At 18-11 in the third period, the Seattle Kraken are in one, within one shot at the 1934 mark. Not even a minute later, after Yanni Gord gets us within one, Jake McCabe gets it, the unassisted. So he's the one who made the, the turnover. I wasn't sure if there was another pass. But he made he got the, the turnover, shot the puck down the ice, gets the unassisted goal, his first goal of the season. Bang, Bob's your uncle. Four to two is the loss. Um, coming up next... On Locked on Kraken, I want to talk about team stats. I alluded to it a little bit. I also want to talk about, oh, TNT. 
TNT, boom, dynamite. Yeah, but not in the good way. Um, and you know what? I'm going to specify what part of the TNT broadcast was difficult for me um, because I think that bears mentioning. So we're going to talk about that next. And then in the final segment, we're going to get to some of the comments I mentioned on YouTube some from fans. And we're going to talk about the goalie situation. We're going to hear from Dave Haxtell. We're going to look at some stats and talk about this goalie situation. Because, you know, a lot of people were laying into Groovy. I kind of did, too. But I also just don't know what else we're supposed to do. So all that is coming up on Locked on Kraken. But right now, I want to tell you about betonline.ag, which is back and better than ever. Ever? Ever? Everly? What? <laughs> it's a new web interface for the start of basketball season. More props, more odds, more lines than ever before. And even that, with all that said, and yet, BetOnline remains your number one spot. I was, you know, that's ludicrous. Number, uh, anyway, <laughs> your number one spot for basketball and football action this season. So head to the website, betonline.ag, and sign up today using promo code LOCKEDON. When you do that, you will get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget, use promo code LOCKEDON at betonline.ag, and you will get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit from basketball, football, of course, the NHL, and even your favorite Las Vegas casino games. Don't wait to get in on the amazing offers and all the action happening in 2021. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Where the game started for us folks was on TNT. And that's the, the issue that I had with the broadcast First of all, I forgot it was on TNT. So I'm looking root sports. I got down with the Fubo. Not Fubu, which I called it earlier. Uh, I actually just listened to a really fun podcast on Fubu. Highly recommend it. Anyway, uh, or it was an audiobook, excuse me. It wasn't a podcast. It was an audiobook. Thank you very much. Um, anyway, Fubo. I was looking on Fubo. I was like, we're gonna we're gonna get the roots, you know, everything. And I was like, okay, it's not there. And then I was like, ooh, okay, maybe it's on ESPN. Are we getting another ESPN game? Nope, 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 nope. I don't know. I was doing a million things and I didn't realize this game was on TNT. I've talked about ESPN and I've talked about TNT and I've talked about what I don't like about both of them. The e the ESPN Open, they were super enthusiastic, which I appreciated, but it was corny. I thought it was corny. I was like, why, why is Gritty here? Someone got mad at me because I was like, I, I said that I like Mr. Met, but that I don't like Gritty. First of all, if you cannot tell the difference between Mr. Met and Gritty, we have other problems. We're never going to see eye to eye. And my point is that, you know, I'm, I don't like mascots. I, I just don't like mascots. It's just so, it just so happens that I root for a team and have always rooted for a team that has a mascot that except for that, you know, middle finger situation, some of you might not even know that. Google it, look it up. Except for that middle finger situation, which wasn't even that big of a deal, but the Mets always making the dumbest thing, you know. Always, it's always the hand gestures. Why does my team, why are they so excitable about hand gestures? 
Anyway, the TNT broadcast, oh, oh, like that's the best way I can describe how I feel, how I felt having witnessed. I, I didn't even, I couldn't even get to Kenny. And I don't, there were three people, probably guys, uh, but there were three people that were on the call. I didn't catch all of the names because honestly, I prefer listening to Everett most of the time, um, respectfully to John and JT. I, most of the time I am listening to Everett anyway. Uh, I like radio calls. I like that feel. I, I just told you I'm a baseball fan. Come on. It's just, it was weird. Not my vibe. So if you enjoyed that, good for you. I did not. I cannot speak to what was happening in the, the run of play. I, I also went on a rant when I told you that uh, I couldn't. <laughs> the last time I tried to watch a TNT game, it was Washington. And <laughs> Wayne Gretzky spoke through two goals. They <sighs> I don't know. All right. I, I saw on Twitter that there's some people with me not really feeling the TNT vibe. I am, I might need some support because I'll be honest, I have not gotten through an entire TNT broadcast. And um, maybe we can do a watch party or something because I just, I feel like I'm going to need support. I'm going to need support. And as someone who is a broadcaster, you know, I, I would not like it if people were you know, grilling everything I did and didn't do on the broadcast. I understand that. And I'm trying to be kind, but I'm also uh, a fan. I am also um, someone that has a podcast about the Kraken. And so that was not great, not great, not great, but Everett, you were fantastic. There were some amazing calls Everett had. He interacts with us on Twitter. So Kudos to Everett. Um, I appreciate you, bro. Uh, Everett Fitzhugh, you're killing it. All right. I said I was going to go over some team stats. I mean, <laughs> team stats, what do we want to know? Oh, this is okay. This is a stat. After the second period, Mark andre Fleury had 17 saves after 40 minutes of hockey. 15 of those 17 saves after 40 minutes of hockey came in the second period. So the Seattle Kraken were getting shots. You're going to hear from Dave Haxtell in a little bit. He talks a little bit about that. They were getting shots. And that's the frustrating part where you feel for the team because they're doing what they have to do. I did think they had some high danger chances. I didn't agree with Dave. He felt that they had some early in the game. I'd have to look back. The the, the beginning uh, part of the game did not seem great to me. They're getting shots. They're getting shots. But the Blackhawks had 22 blocked, blocked shots. 22 block shots to the Seattle Kraken's eight. So another thing, maybe defensively speaking, yeah, wouldn't it be nice to get some bodies in front of net? Not, of course, to the point where you sh are shielding your goaltender, but get some bodies in front. That's that's how Seth Jones scored. Because, yeah, the bodies were back, but they weren't in position. <sighs> I could go on and on for days. 
about defense. Someone should let me have NHL footage so I can break down the defensive. I would love to do that. I would love to do that. Anyway, coming up next on Locked on Kraken, as promised, we are going to talk about the goalie situation because I came across some stats um, that I thought were really interesting. And Haxtell, Dave Haxtell, our head coach, was also asked about rest, asked about what goalie he's going to go with. So we're going to start next, uh, the next block, if you will, the next segment, talking to Dave Haxtell. And then I'm going to break down what he says. I'm going to analyze it and give you some interesting stats that I found when it comes to resting or how much rest a goalie has, particularly as it pertains to Grubauer. All right, we're coming up on the final segment here on Locked on Kraken. Always want to thank you for making Locked on Kraken one of your first listens. And if you watch on YouTube, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because on YouTube, we've been having a lot of fun. So here we go. I want to read this. Um, and first of all, thank you for those who are leaving comments. I love those who are reviewing and rating the podcast. It's fantastic. Love your passion for the team. We don't agree on all points like starting goalie, but that is to be expected. I do agree with your absent-minded comment. It feels like the team is unfocused and making poor plays. They're doing that as a unit. So no one person is entirely responsible. Definitely agree there. I didn't expect this team to be the Golden Knights. I did expect a mediocre performance. We're just so much worse than mediocre. Ooh, yikes. But is it is it wrong? I don't think so. A contention I keep hearing from other fans, and I find myself agreeing with, is that some players aren't shooting the puck. Wenberg, who plays on the top line regularly, looks absolutely allergic to shooting the puck. He's not alone in this. My concern is that the team was shooting the puck a lot at the start of the season, but because most of the shooting was generated nearer to the blue line, they tried to correct it. And now we're barely managing to get shots off. Sorry about that. Ooh, that's interesting. So maybe they overcorrected. We're getting shots from uh, far out. And then we're like, well, we don't want to do that anymore. And so now we're just, oh, okay. I think that's interesting. Another trend many fans aren't happy with is the dump offense. Oh, my goodness. Yes. In the final minutes of the third period tonight, we had a chance to carry the puck into their zone cleanly because all the Hawks players were standing in their zone. Instead, the puck was dumped. They dump and chase, dump and chase. It's practically a team strategy. And because we're using so much energy to get the puck back we're not spending enough energy trying to make passes and score i don't know if i offered the right emphasis there but i felt it so i went with it thank you so much for that comment i think there's some realness that we got there dump and chase yes i have not talked about this on the podcast but i have noticed that and oh for those who know women's hockey season one riveters season one riveters and they didn't have the skill at the time to do much else than dump and chase. But the Seattle Kraken, I, you know, I talked about Jordan Everly. And, you know, I guess, I mean, I don't know if I would have, I didn't call it a dump and chase. I, I said he fluttered the puck. I'm pretty sure he was already in the zone. But it's the same kind of concept. Like, okay, we don't really have anything, so let's just 
flick the puck up and then, you know, hope we can get it back. I don't know why I use that voice, but I'm just going to go with it. Um, <laughs> um, dump and chase. I like that. I like that a lot. Thank you so much for your comments. Uh, I Okay, this is a good one because um, I <laughs> was noticing that I kind of do this. Um, so the comment that I'm reading is at the top here. Um, <laughs> literally laughed out loud as the pen tapping and frustration at the pen tapping, uh, in frustration. This game was a disaster holding the Hawks to under 20 shots, but just can't get a save from the goalie. The first goal was an impossible stop for the goalie, but you need to save you need a save on at least one of the other two high danger chances may have been, but the goalies need to be challenging the shooter and taking away the angle and getting a save or forcing a wide shot. No defense is perfect. And even average NHL goalies do regularly make saves on high danger. Okay. The, the piece here about, um, taking away the angle. Oh, mwah, mwah, mwah. I love it. 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 Another thing. Okay. I'm going to write these down because I haven't spoken specifically about dump and chase, but I've noticed it dump and chase. Oh, oh, oh. Um, but then also taking the angle away. And you know, I love that because if you listen to the podcast, even for like five seconds, you know that I'm obsessed with defense and what is defense in hockey and in most sports, if not taking away the angle. And I think you're right. Uh, let's talk about how direct the Seattle Kraken play, but basically and period, like, well, you know, but um, I like that. I like that. There's a lot of other comments. I, I like did a howl in one of the Wednesday a one or two because there was two videos. I did uh, like and I was like, what is what sound does a Wolverine make? OK, I had literally no idea what a Wolverine looked like until someone on YouTube sent me a YouTube video of a Wolverine. It's like a little little honey badger looking thing. But it, the noise that that thing makes probably sounds like me pulling out my hair after the Seattle Kraken have another defensive breakdown. It was intense. Like, I don't know. It was like a monster. It sounded like a monster, like an evil, scary, I eat souls for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and two snacks type of monster. So thank you for educating me on what a Wolverine looks like and sounds like, but also I'm glad that I did not watch it last night because I would have been petrified and probably not have gotten good sleep. Okay. So we're coming up on time, but I, before we close out, I do want to do this quickly and I want to show you some goalie stats. So we see Philip Grubauer here at 34 for the Seattle Kraken 21, 22, um, and here we go. So if you look at the columns at the top, you see uh, one day one day rest, save percentage, two day rest, save percentage. So how many, like what is his best save percentage? for? So for Philip Grubauer, the best save percentage for Philip Grubauer comes at 0.927. That comes after two days of rest. So although I was making the case that 
who the heck are you going to start if not Philip Grubauer? I'm starting to to lean and maybe say it's time to give Chris Drieger a break or Chris Drieger. Well, yeah, give him the opportunity, you know, like a, like a, a whatever. Give him some time in net. Give uh, Philip Grubauer a break who apparently needs two days rest. And, you know, they play his team, woo, his former team, Colorado, uh, tomorrow. On Friday. It's on Friday. Yeah, it's on Friday. They play Colorado on Friday. Is Grubauer not going to be in net against his former team, his revenge game? I don't know. But he's best on two days rest. And if you start him tomorrow He's not going to be on two days rest. Now, he his you know it's not his worst. Uh, actually, one day of rest and three days of rest is the same at eight seven two. And Philip Grubauer is actually worse after four days or more of rest. I thought that was interesting. I am curious to see what Dave Haxtell is going to do. And as a matter of fact, speaking of Dave Haxtell, let's hear from him regarding goaltending and a few other things before we close out the show. Uh, every day is, you know, we're going to go, go through and evaluate, you know, each and every day. It's, it's based on performance. It's based on, um, you know, part of the schedule and, and planning that way. And, you know, this is probably the first time that we've been to a point this season where we feel like we have, you know, two fully healthy guys. Now I know, you know, Driggs has been, he's been healthy, obviously he played in Vegas. Uh, you know, that was, that was pretty quick coming off of a, a long spell of, uh, you know, for him being, uh, on, you know, on the IR. Uh, he's had, you know, several good practices in a row. Um, and, you know, I feel like, you know, he, uh, you know, he should expect him, you know, himself to be feeling good. And, and, you know, he looks like he's feeling good and, and you know, is at his best. Uh, probably a better question for them. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, they, these guys show up, they're pros. They show up, they do their work. Um, and if you speak to either of them, you know, they'll, they'll both tell you they're ready to go, whatever called upon. Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd, I disagree that we ran out of gas. We ran out of time for sure. Um, yeah, and that's... Um, you know, the first period, you know, the, the fo and deservedly so, the focus goes on the first period because it's another first period uh, that we came out uh, trailing, right? I believe it's, uh, you know, I believe it's eight of our 16 games we've trailed after one. Um, that's, you know, that's too much for us. Uh, so that's, that's an area that we have to address. Uh, you know, the first periods the last couple nights have been hard fought, I'll be honest with you. Um, it was, you know, it was a, it was a pretty hard fought uh, first period. I, I felt like they were moving a little bit better than, than we were. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, that, that could be a good area of focus for us uh, to, uh, you know, to, to come out, especially in our home building and, and work, uh, not, not just, it's not just about the first goal, right? Uh, but, you know, it's that, that stat of not leading, you know, after the first time or after the first period uh, in half of our games is one that uh, should catch our attention. Uh, and it's, you know, and it's an important stat uh, for us to, uh, you know, to address. So there you heard Dave Haxtell, um, you know, talking about some of the stats and in case you're not familiar, here are some of the stats, bro. Fun finish, but still five straight losses, 
0-8 when opponent leads after one. 2-8-1 when not getting the first goal. Three shots in the first period. Dave, what are you talking about? What are you talking about, Dave? He thought that they were competitive in the first. You had three shots in the first period, Dave. What are you talking about? You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> Slow starting team that struggles to play 60 minutes. Sound familiar? Not on the goalie tonight. Ian Furness. But he added, but it could be worse. You could be the hashtag Canucks. That is an absolute dumpster fire three hours north of us. And, you know, I would be tempted to hop on the opportunity to basically just crap all over <laughs> the Canucks. However, I don't recall one of the wins that the Seattle Kraken actually have being against the Vancouver Canucks. While I understand you wanting to make us feel better, it's kind of hard to feel better when the worst team by many people's standards uh, beat us. And that's not just for uh, Vancouver. That's um, regarding the... God, the Arizona Coyotes. How did the Coyotes beat us? Oh, no. Oh, in the pain. <laughs> Thanks for watching another episode of Locked on Kraken. And just like everything else on the Locked on Podcast Network, Locked on Bets is free and available everywhere. It is your one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets is hosted by your boy Q and has expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. So while we appreciate you making Locked on Kraken your first listen of the day, go head over to Locked on Bets. Okay, until tomorrow.